With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist, joins us here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm currently uh, trying to look at all the rule changes and figure out who's going to benefit the most. I've done this before, but I'm adding more information and trying again, trying to really nail it down. That sounds really hard. It is really hard because one of the things that's annoying is they're doing a bunch of rule changes at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be a lot easier if they did one. Like, how could you really judge? I mean, everybody's going to benefit off. You can only throw over twice, and the third one's a third. Third one's what? What the? On about check this out. I I looked at the average. uh, I looked at the people who averaged the most throws over, and only one regular in all of baseball averaged anything more than one throw over, and it was like one point oh five. Trey Turner. So. That I mean, it is a big deal once you get to two, because the third one has to be you get them or it's a balk. Yeah. However, if 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 the average is less than one, we're not getting to two a lot. So I I think that one may not be that big a difference. I don't know. Yeah, because some people I know have acted like, oh my god, that rule is going to be the worst rule we've ever seen. But as you say, guys don't really throw over that much anyway. I think it's because it's all been scienced out. Everybody knows who's going to go and who they're going to go against. Noah Syndergaard gives up all the stolen bases. You know, like everybody knows who's slow. Everybody knows everybody's pop times. Everybody knows everybody's times yeah. to plate. Everybody knows everybody's times to second base. So it's all been scienced out. And the only time you actually get a throw over is if it's like kind of a fringe case and you're not sure. You know, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I'm a little bit. I know my times to home aren't that great. I got to throw over once. Well, and then. You know, you already know when a certain guy's at the plate, you're not running, you're not taking the bat out of the guy's hands or the guy. And I'd bet this used to happen a lot, but I bet it happens way more that the better players in the game say to the guys on first base, you distract me when you leave. So don't <laughs> leave. I'm trying to hit. So I bet that, I mean, a lot of All guys I'm just trying don't to look go. at is release point. All I want is release point. I don't want to be looking over there. Somebody's dancing around. Yeah, a lot of guys say don't do it. So, I, yeah, who knows? So, which one, when you say new rule, trying to figure out, which one is the hardest? Uh, I actually think the stolen base one is, is but, but it's because the baselines are now four and a half inches shorter because the bases are bigger. Have you seen the bigger bases? They're definitely bigger. I hear that looks like pizza boxes. They're way bigger. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, you won't be able to tell. I was like, that's, that's bigger. Uh, maybe you can't tell when you're like watching in the stands or on TV, but like when you're standing next to it, you're like, that's definitely bigger. So base pass are four and a half inches shorter. And what that meant, I think what that's really tough to figure out is. So if you're a guy who steals 30, 40, 50 bags, 
four inches doesn't mean that much. You're safe all the time. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're that fast. If you are Albert Pujols, four inches ain't going to save you. <laughs> you're still out, you know? So it's, it's that middle ground. And I tried to figure it out. It's, it's guys who um, are about four and a half seconds to first base around four and a half seconds to first base. You're fast enough to, to steal a few bases. And if four and a half inches might mean that you steal a bunch more, like you might double, you might go from five stolen bases to 10. I don't think the guy who steals 30 is going to 60. You know what I mean? So like in the middle, I think there would be a bigger difference. Uh, there's a guy who's at the center of all these rules that I think the A's should definitely pick up. Uh, he's projected for one year and $10 million. And his name is Joey Gallo. And he is a guy who has four and a half seconds speed to first base. So he will steal more bases next year. He's a left-hander uh, who hits, who pulls the ball. So I've got, by my numbers, he's got another three, four, five hits in him at least uh, just due to the shift. And that there might be more once, you know, the players start adjusting to the, the new environment. Uh, and he's also a guy that just was worse last year than he has been in his career be a good bounce back player. I think defensive player gets on base slugs. I know he won't hit for average, but you know, that's the kind of thing that I think they could get on the free market. By the way, I just uh, talked to my sources here and my sources say the bags could be 80 feet in Albert pool. Albert pool. Is still <laughs> uh, you know, something to look about with the extra bases too. And I know a lot of people are not talking about this, but when you have bigger bases and we're talking about first to second, what you also need to think about is home to first. You know those bang-bang plays? Maybe not so much bang-bang as much because that's going to benefit the offensive player because all of a sudden he's getting to first base faster. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about that in terms of arm strength for, for shortstops. And somebody like Dansby Swanson, and probably not in the A's range, but still relevant, Dansby Swanson had bottom 10, 15th percentile arm strength last year. He still managed to have a good defensive season, but you, when you see an arm like that, you think Trevor Story going to second base, you know, not a, not a shortstop anymore. And that's because there are so many bang-bang plays at first. You need a shortstop with a good arm to win those bang-bang plays. What if that bang-bang level changes a little bit? Maybe you can have a little bit weaker armed shortstops. It's something to think about developmentally. It's something to think about scouting. It's something to think about when you're signing a shortstop. So the, the non-tender is, is today, right? Isn't that today on the calendar? I believe it's at 8 p.m. Eastern, so 5 our time. Ah, yeah. what did we say? Cody Bellinger sounds like an Oakland <laughs> A already. There's a guy who has who's that kind of speed where he'll benefit from the base pass. He's a left-hander who pulls the ball. The one thing that, uh, that Gallo and Bellinger uh, do, that there is actually a player that benefits more. So I looked at it, and players who – hit the ball straight down the line are going to get some help. You know, some of those prototypical all or nothing slugger pull everything types, but the, the players that hit the ball up the middle a little bit and pull it are going to benefit the most. So yes. I have guys like Juan Soto benefiting the most because where do you put your second baseman? If you're a pull everything guy, I can still put my second baseman close to the first baseman, right? Where he stands normally and in the shift and I can still steal a lot from you. But if you if you can pull it down the line and hit it up the middle, I don't know where to put my second baseman. You're making me choose where I have to put my second baseman. Will Juan Soto swing the bat next year? <laughs> At least three times. Okay, okay, <laughs> just 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 want to make sure. Yeah, you know what? And it's always been that way. Being a career middle infielder myself, 
Yeah, you can position guys, guys that are pool guys as a shortstop. You play less up the middle, shade more towards third base. That's not going away. Second baseman. The little stuff isn't going away. And the second baseman can still shade more up the middle. It's just you can't plant yourself right right behind second base and take those hits away anymore. Yeah, so that'll uh, some up the middle guys will be helpful. I mean, if I'm looking at my extra hits list here, uh, I tried to look up the middle and uh and uh and over at second base my extra base hits the, the extra hits this year um you know if we change the rules rowdy telez juan soto uh cory seager matt olson brandon nimmo uh joey Votto, max kepler kyle tucker it's not all uh the max muncies of the world uh so there, there's a little bit of the benefits to spraying the ball is there a chance that the rules, all these different rule changes happen and they don't affect as much as we think it does. I, I did talk to somebody who modeled it for their team an analyst. Uh, and he thinks that, uh, it'll add up to one extra run a game. That's a big difference. But if everybody got one extra run, what would be the different of the outcomes of last year's games? If everybody got one run a game. Yeah, it'll be hard to see who benefits the most. Yes. And 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 teams are are going to be because there's so many rule changes, teams are struggling to figure out how much to change their scouting, how much to change their development, how much to change their trade, you know, their player acquisition, you know, all that. They're they're trying to figure it out. But if you look at something like this. I think it looked weird to have Jock Peterson give him a qualifying offer. I think that was a little bit much. 20 million dollars for a DH, right? You know, for one year. Seemed like a little much. Maybe the Giants have bottled out and said, this guy hits the ball on the ground. He's going to get extra hits. He pulls the ball. He's a way pull guy. You know, he's going to get extra hits and he's going to be better. He's going to be better next year because he's rules. So we're going to start to see some of the stuff, uh, you know, in between some of the, some of the decisions that we don't understand might have to do with how they're modeling it. But, uh, but, uh, but a run in terms of overall changes, that's a big deal to add one run to games. Uh, from one year to the next, that's an offensive explosion, quote unquote. That's like 1987. 1987, all of a sudden, was like this huge explosion in offense. And uh, I think we may have something like that again. Now, will we be able to see it on the player level is different? Because you can add one run a game and the players are just all a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're not going to, like, are we going to see in Willie McGee? Like, I, I kind of I doubt it. Are we going to see like a, you know, an all defense 90, 90 steel guy just because of the new rules. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but maybe, maybe down the line, but we're definitely not going to see it in year one. You know, like Trey Turner's not going to steal a hundred bases this year. Yeah. Uh, Whitey Herzog and the 1980s Cardinals are on the phone playing at Bush state, the old Bush stadium on the turf. I don't think they're coming back. That's right. I know. Like new baseball is you have to have offense with your defense, right? Like that's new baseball. Like we, we can't, we can't afford to have anybody out there. That's just defense. Uh, or, or maybe we can have one guy, but that's it. I want to give credit to the excellent writing that you do on the athletic. Cause I read an article that was poorly done. It's like they were copying you about the sticky stuff and about scouting. And as I was reading, I was like, Man, this is terrible. Compared to Eno, my guy Eno, this is terrible. But, yeah, I, I thought about it, and you brought this up. You know, how we evaluate pitchers, how we evaluate hitters. We've got rules. We've got, you know, 
We're not using, I guess, illegal bats anymore like Albert Pujols' bat. Um, you know, how do we scout? How do we draft? You know, because as you've mentioned, the guys down at college are all still using the sticky stuff. It's a really weird time for these front offices to try to evaluate and pay money and draft people and pay money when they kind of, you know, equipment's all over the place, substances, not 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 substances you put in your body, but stuff that you put on your fingers. Right. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, and like you know, they have to make decisions now, and they have to they have to draft guys this year, and they have to they have to they have to sign guys this year. So literally, teams are having these discussions. Like I know this, I've 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 heard some of them. You know, where it's like, what do you think? You know, what what should we do uh, generally uh, because of these new rules? What should the shift change our philosophy in what we're thinking? And um, I I think that people are trying to change they want to be ahead of the curve so i would guess that a lot of teams are saying you know what we can't do the slugger at second base anymore you know what we need to have a guy who can actually pick it at second base and in general across the field second third base we need to start having guys who can pick it and you know if there's a choice between a guy who might have a higher barrel rate and a guy who can pick it we might go with the guy especially if the guy who can pick it puts more balls in play because he's going to get some benefit on the offensive side. He puts the balls in play. There's not as much shift. He, you know, he can he can get to first base that way. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a shift beginning this year where, you know, that kind of – and it's something that baseball wants to get away from. I think that it might be successful from the conversations I've heard in front offices. It might be successful to kind of push us to a more athletic, all-around all around player as opposed to kind of uh, a three-true-outcome slugger that we just – we hide at second base by putting three guys around it, you know? Yeah. I mean, or, or basically what all these years were of the, the Dodgers left side was Seager and Turner. It was all, it was all offense, no defense, but shift always. And that protected them. Yeah. Yeah. Muncie. I think the Dodgers benefit a lot from it. Muncie, I think is a first baseman going forward. You know, I don't think you want Muncie out there at second base. Anymore. No, 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 no. Uh, your sources, when we start talking about relievers, and obviously we want big time velocity, that's what we want. Guys that can pitch in high leverage innings, we know all of that. But now seeing what Montero got with Houston, seeing what Suarez got with San Diego, and we know how bullpen guys year to year, their numbers can be so dramatic. How are your sources feeling about some of these contracts already given out? Long-term deal, they would be considered long-term deals, high-money deals for relievers. Yeah, you know my Rolodex uh, doesn't include a lot of uh, president of baseball operations and owners, um, and I think a lot of those guys are the ones being like, "Give me the fancy toy, give me Edwin Diaz for five years. I don't care what it takes." And it makes sense. If you're the New York Mets, you want to win. He's the best option to you. You spend that money. You have the money. I'm not begrudging them that. The guys in my Rolodex are analysts, you know, director of R&D, you know, AGMs. Those guys are like, hey, uh, have you looked at what relievers were good five years ago? Uh, I've got I've got this open here on my on my Twitter here. Uh, top 10 relievers five years ago. Got Kenley Jansen and Craig Kimbrell. That sounds okay. Those guys are well, Craig Kimbrell. Roberta Wazuna, Corey Knable, Pat Neshek, Chad Green, Hurt, Felipe Vasquez. He's in jail. Andrew Miller, Mike Miner. 
Mike Miner, Anthony Swarzak. So like, uh, you know, most of the guys I talked to were like five year deals. Like for these guys, like, uh, you bet you best hope you got Kenley Jansen, uh, because the rest of that list, uh, doesn't look like it's going to hold up for five years. So, uh, I just think it's a it's a rough life being a reliever. It's it's hard to keep up like top end stuff for five years. Uh, and you know, I when I look at the market, I look at it through the the eyes of the analysts, and they they turn to you know a lot of the guys in my Rolodex and say, "Hey, find me some cheap relievers. You know, find me some guys." Oh, here's another way of looking at it. Let me see if I have this open here. Uh, I did. I, I can do this without looking. Top thirty relievers this year. So that's. Everybody, every team gets one, right? Top 30 relievers. Three of them were waiver claims. And four of them were signed for less than $4 million in one year. So almost a third of the best relievers in baseball this year, this past season, were close to free. So that's why eventually, after the president of baseball operations blows $100 million on Edwin Diaz in five years... He also has to turn to, you know, uh, the, 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 the AGMs and the, and the, and the analytics guys and say, find me a reliever. And so, you know, for example, for, if I was the A's, uh, you know, I would look at my stuff plus number. Like I've gotten, there's guys like Jacob Barnes who has a top stuff number. He's bounced around, been some injuries, but I would give him a minor league invite. Pierce Johnson doesn't have a great fastball, but I'd give him a small deal. Uh, you know, there's another guy on this list that I really liked. Um, Kyle Crick can't find the zone, you know, just give him a minor league invite, get him in there. Uh, so just get as many of these guys, Hirokazu Sawamura can't find the zone, get him in there. If you want a guy that's worth money that won't cost five years, Trevor May, that guy could close, that guy could close for, I'd say, half the teams in baseball next year, and he won't get, he won't take a closer contract. So, uh, that's, that's, I, I, you know, the reliever market has never made sense through the eyes of Winslow replacement and money, um, because it seems like a separate market. You just, you know, there's a lot of money in it. You got to spend there, I guess. Uh, but I, I still have that bone in my body where I'm like, no, man, let's just find some. It reminds me of, and I don't remember what year, and this takes it to, I know we got a lot of people who are football fans too to where they they just changed the rules to make them so offensive in the NFL to, like, DBs just, you know, it's it's a rough life. You're going to constantly get burnt. And Bill Parcells, the Hall of Famer, said, you know what, I'm not spending money on DBs anymore because the rules are against them. They're going to get burnt. They're only good for so many years. I just need a lot of them that I just keep rotating through. And what you just said Makes me think of Bill Parcells. Like, I can't invest in these guys long term because who's good for three man who who may have been good for the last three months of this year may stink in the first three months of next year. I just it's like I it's like it's like we're in Vegas, baby, and we're just rolling dice every year and like ah hopefully this guy works out. I mean, think about that. I mean, think of Lou Trevino, how up and down Lou Trevino was, and then pitched better for the Yankees. I mean, we just. We just there, there's no Mariano Rivera's not walking through that door. I guess is what I want to say. Uh, who who was it that throws that uh, really weird backup slider that ended up closing for the A's at the end of the season? The name escapes me for a second. He was basically the closer for the A's at the end of the season. Wasn't it Zach? Jack, was it Zach Jackson? Zach Jack. His no. was more of a drop. No, uh, the other guy. 
Oh, uh, Acevedo. Yeah. Acevedo. He throws uh, uh, one of the weirdest pitches in baseball, uh, uh, like a backup slider is, is, is like, uh, and, a, and a changeup. You know, he was good last year. There's no guarantee he's going to be good next year. Do you know how many appearances, how many games he had pitched in before last year? No. Ten. Yeah, exactly. And he went 60. And, and imagine trying 60, to evaluate him. That's oh, why I have stuff plus. 69, that, 70 games. Yes. He was in the year before 10, and then he went from 10 to 70. So there's workload, workload concerns, and then just, you know, just trying to try, imagine trying to evaluate him going to this, into this past season, being like, okay, well, we have 10 innings. He seems like he's okay, throws hard. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I wanted to let you talk about Billy Bean. Obviously, it's a big change in the sport. Um, Billy Bean now just going to be the right-hand man of John of John Fisher and doing a lot of business stuff. And now David Forrest, who is, his position will not change, but now he won't need Billy to make any decisions. Billy will be there for everybody in the organization, whatever they need. But I, I, I tried to... I tried to really frame it for everybody of what Billy has meant for the A's, keeping the A's relevant, and what he's meant for baseball, how he changed baseball, how he inspired generations, whether it be people who wanted to be in front offices, who wanted to be general managers, who want to be decision makers, to people who are journalists who read Moneyball and then saw the book Moneyball. It's amazing how many people Billy Bean and his story inspired people to want to work in our industry and then oh yeah everything he did with analytics everything he did with changing the way we evaluate and build teams just talk about the legacy of billy bean yeah i mean uh super super important to me personally but um you know just also you know my my dad was out here in the in the late 80s and you know i got to see some of those some of those teams, uh, some of those early '90s teams, like I, I you know, I, I also was a nerd. And something that's kind of cool is that, you know, you kind of made being a nerd cool. Like they made a movie about him. You know what I mean? Brad like, Pitt played him. Yeah, like Brad. Brad Pitt play, ain't playing me, but <laughs> or nobody even is good looking. You know, uh, but uh, you know, just just the idea that there was a place in baseball for you know people that were that had been bad at baseball i get a lot of stuff that's like oh you know how you know you didn't play so you don't know anything i mean i played i played i was just real bad i was really bad and you know there's there's a perspective you can get sitting on the bench i was scoring games i was hanging out with the equipment manager uh you know like uh I, there's a different perspective on the game you can get there and i think that he left the door open or opened the door for different perspectives on how to, to run a team. I mean, that's literally what Moneyball is for me is we're trying to figure out how to run a team differently than other people, you know? And you know, that that's become important to me. Even when I think about how can we improve this game? I think sports are best when you have different ways to win. Yes. I think there's, there was a lot of like, you know, copycatting what he did, uh, you know, after, after he did it, and that's fine, but it's better if we have more ways to win. And even Billy, I think, would agree with that because the only reason he won, you know, when he first started was because he had a different idea, you know, and he was going to do it for cheaper and he had a, he had a different idea. And that the only reason it worked was because it was different. So I like that he opened the door for different, different ways to win the game. 
I like that he opened the doors for different types of people uh, to think about. Now, there's a lot of sort of homogeneity in front offices where you've got a lot of people in there that sort of think analytically um, like he did. So it seems like, oh, well, now it's just become homogenous. Everything is Moneyball. But that's not true. If you really know what Moneyball is about, it's about getting different perspectives, about getting different ideas, and about winning the game in a different way. Uh, so I, I think that's that's what's cool about what he did. And this is what pisses me off. I'm going to go to this is what pisses me off card. Moneyball is because he had to do it. It was yeah. the only way he was going to be successful. He had to scrape. He had to claw. He had to fight with the owner. He had to fight with whoever because all Billy wanted to do was win. And now these frauds like Boston and San Francisco, oh, we're like playing my – they don't have to play Moneyball. That's not Moneyball. Moneyball was because you had to do it. Moneyball is not sitting on your Nesson contract and your highest season tickets and your pile of money that the Boston Red Sox have as they're one of the richest franchises in American sports history, but they claim they want to play Moneyball. That's not Moneyball. You know, you know, who, the, you know who is Moneyball right now? Dave Dombrowski. Yeah, he's doing everything he can to win. You know, he's spending money, so it doesn't seem like Moneyball, but that's Moneyball, man. He's he spent money. He says, This prospect, I don't know if it's gonna work out. I need to win now. Let me go get a player I can help me win now. I don't care about that prospect, you know. He's not gonna prospect hug. You know, he's like money, Nick Castellanos, terrible signing, maybe. I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign another guy next year. You know, <laughs> like he's like, it's just money. I've got money. Like that's that almost seems like money ball in a way. I mean, I know it's like a total sort of 360, but, but it's about winning every team. If every team is the A's and every team is the Rays, you know, at some point, just spending money and trading away prospects becomes money ball. <laughs> That's my point. Well, it's being doing something different to win. Think about Billy in his career. Did he ever hoard hoard anybody that you thought was this is a prospect? This is Gavin Lux. We can never yeah. part with Gavin Lux. <laughs> Gavin Lux is She'll the next never great. Touch him. Oh my God, he's great. <laughs> Billy Bean Flip. Oh, you think we can win? Where's Jeff Samarja? We'll bring him. In. I mean, Billy. If Billy has felt like they could win, he always made moves and he'd flip whoever in the minor league system. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, there's something interesting about that. I think that he's always done that, um, that teams still have a different perception on the reds. For example, when they traded away their guy, uh, Luis Castillo, they went and got two teenagers that were very far away from the major leagues. You know, some of them might strike out too much. Some of them might never make it, might not have a position, might not be shortstops when they make it to the big leagues. Who knows? They're really far away. One thing that Billy still does or the A's still do that was a, a very Billy Beanish thing is they'd much rather get the guy in AAA they think is just one tweak away the, or the guy who's played in the big leagues already, somebody they know can play in the big leagues. Yeah, he wants to compete. Yeah. To where there's a lot of questions about people in this game today. How much? How bad do they want it? How bad do they want to compete? I mean, when we were celebrating the O2 team and they were here, and you just go back to that team, you know, after 01 and 02 and the people that the wheeling and dealing and the names that start to come into the organization, uh, it was um, it was really cool is that here you had a guy and that's what made Moneyball special. Here you had a guy that would fight anybody in the world to try and win, including his owner.
right? I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he, him and Steve Schott were going round and round about money to where, what's his name, uh, Ricardo Rincon. He was, he was willing to pay for Ricardo Rincon with his own salary, but said, when I flip him for more money, I get that extra money. But that's, yeah, the, kind yeah. of, that's the kind of fighter he was just to try and win games. That's not what's happening in San Francisco, Chicago, uh, Boston. That's not the, They're not playing money ball. You know what they're just being? They're being cheap. They'd call it efficient. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. But I know I, I, no. I wanted to give you I – know, I know you have a very good relationship with Billy. I wanted to give you the floor to be able to talk about him. I mean, uh, literally made place for me on the couch in, in media, uh, media scrums when I was at Fangraphs. And, and uh, so it was like literally – open doors for me personally. Uh, and so I will always, uh, you know, respect him. And, uh, and I think that, you know, anybody who's talked to him recent years, you've seen, I think he just hadn't had that same fight that he used to have, you know, it wasn't quite the same passion. And so I think this is a good way for him to keep advising the team. Uh, and for David Forrest, uh, who is passionate and has a little more energy to, to get in there and, and do this. But I have so much respect for Billy Bean and what he's done. And, uh, I was. I will always thank him for for anything he's done for me, however small it was. Last one. I know you've been looking at bargain free agents. When I say, Eno, just close your eyes and envision. Out of all these guys you've been looking at, who sounds like an Oakland A already? <laughs> I've got. Uh, I, I already mentioned Joey Gallo. Uh, I like Trey Mancini. Uh, Man, I, you know, I love the that. guy who hits, hits the ball hard still uh, and uh, won't won't guarantee won't get much more than two and 16, uh, according to the crowd. Uh, I like that that Trevor May uh, idea. Um, and uh, I think somebody like Matthew Boyd uh, as a starting pitcher would make sense because all these guys combined might cost you 15 million dollars. And uh, I think they would give you, uh, you know, some depth at starting pitching, a first baseman. We've kind of been running through first baseman. I'm not sure that any of them really look like a long-term option um, and uh, a little bit of offensive pop. So I think, you know, I think if you got dream, if you did Gallo and Mancini, I, I like, oh. honestly, I think, I think that would be a, a great combo uh, to, to help the lineup because they're also very different. Mancini makes contact, sprays the ball. will have a better batting average. Gallo's going to be, you know, all or nothing homers for the most part. Uh, but between the two of them, that would be really helped to line up. Uh, somebody like Boyd, I think, could uh, end up into a guy 100, 120 innings uh, in the rotation. Trevor May, I think, would be their closer. So, you know, all of those together, I think $20 million might might do it, 25. I don't, I don't think that's that bad. All right, everybody, I got one for you. I just want everybody, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're not driving, everybody close your eyes. I got one for you. I just want you to close your eyes. We're going to put this into the universe. Are you ready? Now batting, playing center field, number 35, Cody Bellinger. (laughs) Can't you just close your eyes? Can't you just envision it? That's, five o'clock. We'll know. That, five that, o'clock. That's they said it'd be 50 oh. 50. He's on the Dodgers roster at the end of the day. Oh, I don't care if he strikes out a million times. Just bring me some Cody Bell. Bring me that kind of athlete, that swagger, the chain flowing everywhere. Oh. 
Sounds like an Oakland yeah. A already. Sounds like an Oakland A. Uh, he <laughs> needs, needs to revive his career. We only get, I mean, we may only have him for a few months. I don't care. All right. Well, Bellinger, Mancini, May, and Boyd, that's $25 million. Gallo, I swear, if it's one of those two week stretches where he like strikeouts 8,000 times, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. It's it's tough. Also, uh, you know, the new rules do put a premium on putting the ball in play. So, you know, because if the, if the ball finds grass more often, swing more, put the ball in play more, you know, don't strike out as much. I so would, that, I, that's an argument for Mancini over Gallo. I, I will say this about Gallo just over the years watching him when he came to town with the Rangers for a big guy. He's a big dude, right? Like when you stand next to him at batting practice. But he, he runs well and he he's plays. A he, he he's a good athlete. He's good in the outfield. He's got a decent hose and he runs the bases real well. So that's yeah. like, it's like, check his eyes, do something. If this guy just made a little more contact, <laughs> yeah, I mean, get him contacts. I, whatever you need to do, he is a really good athlete for a man his size. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mancini is more DH first base. Um, and he and he's coming off a bad ending in the season, but I, I still think that's a decent bounce back guy. Play the man is... The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Doesn't a Friday afternoon in a brewery just sound good? You may have to go. Well, I mean, you can write stories from the brewery. <laughs> right? I can, I can. You want to talk Have about a good weekend, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. The great Eno Saris, our baseball guys. national calmness. He's fantastic. It's one of the best partnerships we've ever did. Remember, we used to be all excited just to get Eno. Now we get him every Friday. His brilliance. No one's looking into stuff like he does. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.